You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Banner with the Boys. Week 12 is come and gone. We are on to week 13. But first, let you, let me introduce my fellow podcaster here, Mr. Smeltzy. How you doing? How you feeling good, sir? Personally, I feel pretty nice, but uh, I can't speak for all Vikings fans today. Um, but I guess we'll ta- touch on that a little bit later. Oh, why is that? Let's no, no, hear no. a little bit right now. No, no, no you can wait. Mm-hmm. All right, I kind of have my inkling there, but uh, Smelty was able to even go to that game last night, so I'm sure it was fun, even though it did not get the result you did indeed want. Still recovering from getting uh, Liddy McCity, as the kids say. That is great. That is great. Well, brother, let's get into the slate. We had a longer football weekend with Thanksgiving having it, uh, having you know been during the football week here as well. Do want to wish everybody a Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a good time with friends and family, whoever you did decide to celebrate with. It's always a nice time to just, you know, sit back, be thankful, and eat some damn good food. Amen. All righty. So the first game we're going to talk about is the game that kicked off the weekend on Thanksgiving. We had my Green Bay Packers travel to the Motor City, take on the Detroit Lions. Classic Thanksgiving Day game. The Lions are always going to play, and uh, the Packers do usually get that game as well. Going into this game, not a lot of betting faith in the Packers. The Lions were indeed a seven-point favorite. Oh, those odds makers wrong, Mr. Smeltzy. Packers ended up not squeaking this one out. It was a pretty dominant win, although it was only a seven-point win at the end of the day. You know, I wasn't ever really worried or scared, which has not been a common theme this year for the Packers, but they did win 29-22. I'm sure you did catch this game as it was Thanksgiving. Hopefully you did have the day off of work. Um, But Jordan Love, man. Every time I sit here and say he's washed, not washed, he can't be washed if you were never great, (laughs) but every time I sit here and say that there's something going on, he just comes out and proves me wrong, man. What a game by Jordan Love. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like you said, they kind of just had control the entire game, and Love looked really comfortable, Um, probably for the first time this season, really, like truly, and in front of a Detroit crowd that was ready to erupt for anything, especially when their team is doing so well this season. Um, But to walk in there and and get the job done, hats off to the Packers this week, to be honest. Yeah, and it was a game that hasn't really gone like a lot of the the year has. You know, the Packers jumped out, got the seven-point lead, Got the um, then we got the Jonathan Owens fumble recovery for a touchdown that was so immediately jumped out to a 14-0 lead. We're a second half team this year, and that that didn't kind of come to fruition this year. I mean, that's where it gave me a little bit of doubt was in the second half when we kind of let the foot off the gas pedal and the offense started sputtering a bit. Helpful with some Dan Campbell decision making in there as well. But let, let's talk a little bit more about J Love, man. 22 for 32, so he had that nice good completion percentage. Threw three touchdowns, didn't get sacked once, wasn't really pressured throughout the game too terribly much. And he had a quarterback rating of 125.5. So, great game all around. You know, it, he was he was spreading the ball out. Christian Watson got involved, had that nice long 53-yarder with the touchdown uh, on the day as well. But I was, I was very, very impressed with Jordan Love, man. 
Yeah, and, and like you like like you said, he didn't really get a lot of pressure in his face that game. Um, which again, maybe one of the first times this season, honestly. Um, but the Lions didn't even get a sack on him. Not not a one. And only hit the quarterback allegedly four times. That's not enough. So Love finally had protection. You could see you saw what he could do. The three tuds. He could made made plays with his legs again. Um I don't know. That was a great showing for Jordan Love. Christian Watson catching some balls. Honestly, like five was, to seven was, on targets, man. That offense all around looked way better than we've seen all season. No, absolutely, absolutely. And on the other side of the ball, defense looked good throughout the game. You know, letting up twenty-two points—that's not great. But this this Lions offense is pretty high-powered. And Rashawn Gary. I dude, I was just about to say Rashawn Gary. Wow, what a game for him. What a game. Three sacks. This guy. Fumble recovery. And the, with the fumble recovery, yep, yep. And uh, I wasn't a huge fan of him, you know, the first two-ish years. You know, he was that first-round pick. I thought we could have gone elsewhere with that pick. But he's proving to be a top-tier edge threat in 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 the league. And, you know, he's always in the quarterback's face. He's always in the quarterback's face. Yeah, no. I mean, he's obviously... I, I don't know. Would you say he's the best player on the defense right now today? I'd I want to. I'd all, I always want to give it to Devondre Campbell, but he's not the best. Devondre Campbell is, and I mean, to my in my opinion, it's between. It, it, to be a hundred percent honest with you, Smeltzy, I think Quay Walker's playing better than Devondre Campbell uh, well, right I, now. Quay Walker's a straight up athlete. That dude's Stupid all over athlete. the field. If the play's going away from him, you bet. You bet he's going to be damn close to making the play if somebody else doesn't. He's right there to clean everything up. He's so fast. He is. He really is. He's so athletic. He's so quick. He makes needs to make a little bit more de- better decision making. But to me, it's Rashawn Gary or Jair Alexander. And Jair just he's had a little bit of a down year. You know, no a down year for for Jair still makes him a top fifteen cornerback in the NFL. You know, it's not like he's just a scrub now. But he's just not that that perennial, you know, top three corner in the league that I was expecting this year. And Carrington Valentine, Carrington Valentine has just playing, been playing incredible on the back end. I, I touched on him last week, went out and showed it again this week, man. Like, it's it's making the trade that we got rid of Rasul Douglas looking pretty damn good right now. Like, okay, so that's what I was just about to bring up. I mean, with the trade and all that shit, I mean, you're pretty you're comfortable. Does it make you more comfortable as the weeks go on here seeing Valentine being consistent, not just a one-hit wonder, you know, obviously. Can't make that decision until I see who we draft with the pick we got. That's or what we do that's with the fair. pick. You that's know, fair. has it what eased did you get my again? mind? What was the pick again? It was a second rounder, second? if I'm not mistaken. It was either second or third rounder. Sure, I'll look sure. it up right now, but I'm almost positive it was a second rounder. Okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's made it a lot easier. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, and just talking about Quay Walker earlier, another five tackles for me. I mean, the dude's just all over the field. God, I love watching him play. Uh, third rounder. Third rounder, okay. And the Packers actually gave up a fifth rounder. Gave up a fifth. Okay, third, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Douglas in a fifth hey. rounder to get the third rounder. Yep, we'll take that. That's not bad. But yeah, Jordan, uh, sorry, Jared Goff, you know, he didn't look too bad in this game either. He did have the three fumbles, but a lot of that was, you know, the one, the first one that Jonathan Owens recovered, that was, he was throwing the ball, he got hit and the ball came out. Not much you can really do on that one. But Rashawn Gary, two of those sacks were forced fumbles as well. So we had the sack fumble or fumble sack, you know, strip and or strip sack was what I'm trying to say. So it's, what are you going to do when you got number 52 in your grill all no. damn game? No, for sure. And again, like, you know, the stars showed up for the Lions on offense. You know, Goff, um, the the dynamic duo in the backfield was okay. They weren't at their best, I would say, but they good enough to win the game for sure. I mean, not at uh, their best. If, if if any of the Packers running backs not at their best were averaging 4.7 and 4.9 yard, yards per <laughs> carry, brother. 
Shit. That sounds like a Packer problem. But I'm just I'm just saying, seeing from what they've been doing these past few weeks, you know, obviously, and then Amon Ra with nine receptions for 95 yards. Um, you know, Laporta up there, Jameson Williams. Um, who the hell is? Well, how do you say his first name? Caliph. Caliph. Caliph Raymond. Raymond. He's a That's special not, team cat. He's oh, a returner. I'm, I'm thinking of Josh Reynolds. My bad. But okay, he's a returner. Okay. Do you know anything else about that guy? That no, kid? he's a returner. He's quick. Okay. He's quick. He's, <laughs> he's a returner. He's quick. All right. Sounds good. He's a gadget player. <laughs> Averaged you know, 18 have, yards of uh, reception. So Yeah, for him to have five targets is not very common for the Lions offense. You know, well, that's he's what I mean. That. I, that's why I haven't, I haven't heard of him before. But yeah. yeah, all in all, good game for the Packers. A surprising game for me, honestly. I, I figured the Lions would want to come out more dominant at home in front of their crowd. But, on Thanksgiving. Uh, on Thanksgiving. It's their um, game. I just, I don't know. The little bit of the momentum the Lions are gaining in the second half and then Dan Campbell going for it on um, on their side of the field, like, that's just, I don't know. Again, you didn't have a ton of momentum, but you were gaining it slowly, but it was there. And then as soon as you lost that, I mean, that it was all gone. That was it for me. I was like, okay, well, that's the end. And it ended up being that, but... And not only that, it's you... It's not only that he was even going for it. You're at your own 23. At the point, you're down 23-14. Like, if you're going to go through it in a fourth and four situation, don't run a fake punt. You're Dan Campbell. Everybody expects you to run a fake punt because that's what you've shown to do. Like, at least have an, an educated, good play call and go out and go for it, right? Yeah, like I, I agree. You're right. You're right. Like, it's not the fact of going for it in that situation. It's the fact of that how they went about it and the execution of it, but mainly the play call. Yeah, yeah, I that one True. boggles my mind a little bit. But I think that's enough about the Packers Lions. Like I said, Packers came out on top. We're at a sitting at five and six. We're still in the hunt for the playoffs, which you asked me three weeks ago, I would say is not even a chance. And you know, I was kinda on the side of just lose all the rest of the games. But I don't know. I mean I we're No, I'm, my bad. I still have one more question actually about the Packers. Go ahead. So last week you mentioned that every game that you've put your daughter and her Packers cheerleader outfit or something they've won did you put her in it this week we did we did oh, so we, we made the trick back to um, I'm originally from Madison so we made the trip back to Madison as soon as we got there put her in the Packers outfit game started shortly after that and yeah man so so she's wearing it again next week then I she's wearing it again next week it so, didn't wear so any no of my jerseys wanting, so no longer wanting to lose games now that there's other NFC North wildcard teams that are sputtering at the moment I don't know. I mean, it's if Jordan Love continues the way he's playing the last two weeks, I want to see us continue. But at the end of the day, like, do you expect to get it, out of the first round? No, if you well, make the I mean, first round maybe, but like, we're not going to beat the Niners or the Eagles, and that's who's my pick to play in the conference championship. Could we beat the NFC South division winner? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Right. I feel you. NFC. Like if it's like the well, we wouldn't play the Cowboys. Well, if we won the division, we might play the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I don't like our odds in that game with that offense and high how powered it is. And even the defense, yeah, they have some injuries, but they're still studs. Although the Cowboys in the playoffs aren't a good look lately either. That's true. So I don't know. Hypotheticals. You know I mean? Hypotheticals. It's 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 hard to say. Like, do we need the draft capital? Would I like a higher pick? Yeah, but I don't like what comes with that because that means you didn't have a successful season. And at the end of the day, Love is proving to be a quarterback in the NFL. And you know, I think I also need to tailor my expectations a bit just because I'm so used to Rodgers. But if you look at the, so I've seen this stat all all over the place. 
But if you look at Rodgers and Love through their first, I want to say it's 11 games, exact same padding, passing yardage, exact same amount of touchdowns. Love has one more interception, and their completion percentage are around 2% different. Wow. I did, have not seen that. That's interesting. Crazy. Now, again, we're, we're not going to sit here. That's not me saying that, you know, Love no. is projected to be like Rodgers. I don't think that'll ever be replicated again. But you're ordering a Jordan Love jersey now, probably, Cam, to not add your that. collection. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Literally, we haven't even picked up this guy's fifth-year option, dog. <laughs> Although 10 is my favorite number, so if I were to get one, you know. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, enough about the Packers-Lions. Uh, let's shift focus over to the Monday night game this week. We had, oh, for the record... I did pick the Packers. To, I, I didn't think the Packers were going to win that game. I really didn't. But seven points is just too much with the way our defense is playing. And on Thanksgiving, it always gives you that extra juice. Smelty did play, take the Lions in that game, thinking they would cover that seven points. So one up, one up for the good guys on that one. Let's shift focus to the Monday night game, a game that you witnessed firsthand. What a terrible fucking game to go to. One touchdown the entire game. The Vikings couldn't take, couldn't, couldn't come out on top. They were the three-point favorite going into the game, and the Bears won, kicking four field goals. Oh, <sighs> yeah. I mean, it was uh, not a fun game of football. I mean, both defenses played well. You can say that. They they really did. I mean, the Bears came out and played great defense. I don't think the Bears played that um, great of defense. Dobbs is totally— Well, Dobbs—yeah, we'll get to Dobbs. Um but, I mean, the Vikings' defense looked nasty, uh, as always. Blitzing probably 50% of the time, I'd say, again. I'd have to look exactly. But, I mean, Flores is not afraid to send guys, so I love that. But it's just so frustrating as a Vikings fan because, you know, a couple of years ago, our defense was really good and our offense was crap. Okay, well, now we have a somewhat decent offense, but now our, you know, defense is crap, and now it's kind of switching again. And now the offense looked like shit last night, man. And Dobbs, the pastor, not capital n-o-t not um man those four picks are rough i mean they, they were not where they needed to be obviously it's just i i don't know koc has luckily the vikes are on a bye week so koc has a decision to make i mean if jaron hall is ready to play the rookie um that only made it too serious against atlanta before he had this had his concussion it was looking okay um who do you start i, I don't know I guess we're really going to have to see the bye week. I mean, uh, JJ's expected to be back. So, I, I don't know. But it's Madison, again, didn't do enough. But we know see, that. See, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Madison had 10 carries for 52 yards. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry. It is probably the most he's had and, for an average the past few weeks. Feed him the ball. He was he was being productive in the first quarter, the second quarter. He, he was productively running the ball. So he wasn't like his typical this year, but you, you just stopped feeding him the ball. It was also just too many three and outs. I mean, the offense could not get any momentum at all. And I mean, yes, four picks is going to really take that momentum away from you. But I mean, it was it's just more than that. The play calling seemed really elementary. And again, you know, you have Dobbs and there's only been there for whatever, four Can't weeks. Have that, but that's like, no longer an excuse. That's it's what I'm saying. Three, three to four weeks in a system, you're learning that system. For sure. So, okay, so you as an outsider, non-biased Vikings fan, obviously, Dobbs two and two. Are those two weeks, those two wins just a factor of teams not game planning for him? You know, and now teams have been planning on it. Yes, the Denver game, you argue, could have went either way, honestly. But last night just showed straight up, like, the Bears game plan for it and shut him down. Yes, he threw bad passes, threw behind receivers, all of it. You saw it all. But what what two and two right now for Dobbs? 
I think the the game plan and aspect of it's huge. If you look at what the Bears did defensively right now, Dobbs didn't get outside the pocket. That's where Dobbs makes his plays. Two yep. rushes for 11 yards. He couldn't get outside and extend the plays. And then, you know, the, the occasions he did, he couldn't put the ball in he the right spot. He didn't do anything with it. He couldn't then. put the ball yeah. in the right spot. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, two of the picks were, were deflections. You can make an argument whether that ball should have been caught or not. They weren't in a perfect spot, but they, they were catchable balls at the end of the day. But even there, you take those two picks away, he they, he still threw two picks. You know, he didn't. And still didn't look good. No, Straight he didn't up. look good at all. His, his reads were just not great. I, no. I, I don't know. Um, and you're not playing against a top-tier defense. The Bears' I, defense is Swiss shredded cheese. And it's, Swiss not like, and it's not like Fields on the other side of the ball played better than him. He didn't outplay him. Fields no, didn't play that great either. The first quarter, he looked great. Fields looked great. You know, he had a high completion percentage, but everything was two to four yards downfield. He wasn't, you know, getting the ball downfield at all. DJ Moore was the only one he wanted to seem the to target. The only guy that was that was getting open, though, consistently all Cole game. Cole Komet was too, but again, it was all underneath. It was all underneath. <laughs> right, to your check down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it... But then, but then, you know, at the end of the game, this frustrated the, the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> you, you get the fumble away from Fields at the end of the game, like three minutes left or whatever, and then you proceed to go three and out again right there. What, I mean... The defense is giving you all they can they, against they a team that's already not good, but they're giving the you Bears everything. Were, the, the Bears were trying to lose that game. I that's what it felt like. <laughs> you know, that's what it felt like, like. And the Vikings just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Even those four picks, they didn't capitalize on them. No, three. What did you say? Four field goals. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So Unbelievable. It was... Like I, I don't even have much else to say about my Vikings other than, like I said, KOC has some decisions to make, and he refused to name the starter for the first game out of the bye, um, which I can't remember who the hell that even is right now. But he, he, didn't, he didn't name a starter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Raiders. So we'll see with an expected J.J. back. I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm you got to stick it with Dobbs. I mean, you he, think he, so? He's, he's shown flashes. And it's, I don't know, that's tough. You know, if they were playing, like, Philadelphia, San Francisco, even, like, New Orleans, and, and he played like he did, I would have a lot better time accepting it just because of how good accepting, their defenses are. Accepting. Accepting his play that in, in this previous okay, game. Just yeah, because yeah. of how good their defenses mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. The Bears are a bottom five defense in the league. Right. So no, there's I mean, no excuse for how he played. I just, I don't get it. Like, I don't even know how many sacks the Bears had. I didn't, I didn't he was under pressure a lot. Two. But he was able to get out of some of it. Yeah, two sacks. But even when he, he had the chance to get out, he still didn't do anything with it, like you're saying. Yeah, he was hit nine times. I mean, so they, he was, they were in his he face. Was, they were in his face all day. They were in day. his face. Yeah, I don't know. Um, good luck, Vikes. But, I mean, they, they need this bye week couldn't have came at a better time. I mean, you take the heartbreaking loss to Denver um, that you absolutely could have and should have won. Should have won that game, no and questions. Then, and then lose at home to the Bears another game you should have won the vikings could easily be eight and four eight and four yes <laughs> it should be one game out of the division lead so yeah uh, yeah i, I mean i did by, by weeks huge this week yeah it, it couldn't come at a better time i'm curious you know, if getting, anything will change i doubt anything will change like i said i still think you need to give it to dobbs just because i think if you're you're, you're giving the reins over to a rookie quarterback you're kind of just throwing the towel in Which, on the season but that was the plan was to see how the rookie would play so they probably are know, you know what I mean, what they want to do in next year's draft, right? Yeah, and it I also mean, that depends, all hinges on it. You know, it, Kirk and blah, 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 all that shit. It all hinges shit, on all Kirk, that shit. yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. It could go either way, but I would imagine they would lean Dobbs because yeah. of what he's done already. And but, with getting J.J. back. 
and with like, getting JJ you, you back. You have more trust in Dobbs being able to yet to throw to. Right, right, right. So, but neither really has Jaron Hall. Uh, true, true. You no, know, he wasn't true, getting any reps true. with them in training camp, pre whatever. He wasn't getting reps with them. Jaron Hall really didn't look bad. His well, it was, it, again, but it's tiny too serious. Size. Yeah, but even when he came in series. against the Packers, he didn't look good. But that again, that doesn't matter. He that he, he started against Atlanta. He looked good in his start until yeah. he got the concussion. I'm not saying he would have won the game. Who knows, right? But his first two series weren't bad. No, for, for sure. Rookie. For sure. The bright spot here for the Bears was Montez Sweat showing why they went out and got him and paid him in. One and a half sacks on the day, but he was in, you know, he was in in Dobbs's face all game. He only had the two quarterback hits, which came on, you know, the sacks. But he was he was just a game wrecker, and he was the one who was really did not allow him to get outside. They, the Bears set the edge so well in this game. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's move on. We're gonna kick it over to the first ever Black Friday game. We had the 49ers traveling up to Seattle and taking on the Seahawks. 49ers came into this game as a seven-point favorite and showed why. They dominated this game, Smelty. Just dominated from start to finish. Brock Purdy looks back. You know, he didn't have an overwhelmingly great game in terms of numbers, with the, but that's really only because he threw the pick is why his quarterback rating so low. Now, granted, that pick was pretty bad. What's up with Geno Smith, brother? So... I don't. I don't know. That's. I was watching that a little more in this game, and he seems to make okay reads. It's just by the time he makes now. Granted, his first pick of the day was horrible, but he threw another pick later that I was like, "Well, that seemed like the right read." What do you mean, Geno Smith? He only had one interception, boss. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. They must have called that other one back then or something. That's weird. I swear I saw two picks, but maybe it was just a pass breakup later then. But. Um, well, there was one later that looked like the right the right read, but then he just threw it too late. Like, he's reading the right guys, but it's like it's not connecting. His brain isn't telling his arm to throw that shit fast enough to me. I think he just got to get rid of the ball quicker. He looks nothing like he did last year. This is the Geno Smith that was on the Jets and the Giants. This isn't the Geno Smiths of the Seahawks last year. I don't know what happened. It's the same supporting cast, if not better, with Zach Chardonnay, Charbonnet coming in. K9 with another year under him, adding Jackson Smith. I can't say his last name, but JSN. So I don't know. Offense Negba. is the same. Smith Negba. Okay. <laughs> we'll stick. We'll go with that. One big one and a catch for him, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, on top of that, this 49ers front seven, adding Chase Young to that team is just, it's, it's not fair, dude. Seven, or sorry, six sacks. Just, what are you going to do? Not only that, Nothing. they hit Geno 12 freaking times. Nothing. Nothing. So that's what I mean. I mean, San Francisco's defense dominated the game. Yes, their offense looked good. Purdy looked really comfortable to me. Um, super smooth with his progressions. He was accurate with everything he threw. But for me, it was the defense. I mean, they just absolutely dominated from start to finish. They gave Seattle no hope at all at any point in the game of, of coming back. I really did. I mean, they held the Seahawks at 220 total yards on offense. Brock Purdy threw for 209. Right. <laughs> so the Seahawks had 11 more yards as a team than Brock just did passing, and McCaffrey ran for a buck. Uh, oh, my God. McCaffrey ate like always. We already know, you know, um, smooth as ever again. Um, but Debo coming up with some big catches. Debo I like, had I like, a game. I like them using Debo in the run game, but he just went out this week and showed you again, hey, don't sleep on me in the receiving game either. And a couple of those catches are big time. 
They were. They were. He's these. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Debo, bro. You know, there's no other player in the NFL like him. The closest player to him in the NFL, I would say, is actually McCaffrey with that dual capability. But, I mean, Debo's obviously a lot more, like, accomplished receiver as McCaffrey is runner. But it's, I love just... But you just want to get the ball in their hand. No, exactly. Exactly. I love just seeing Debo on the lineup wherever on the field, you know, and if even, like, his... I don't know. He's just so fun to watch. He's he's not a huge guy, but he's just one solid muscle. Yeah. And he, you just can't get him down. An arm tackle is not going to bring him down. He's going to initiate contact. Mm, yeah, and he's yes, just, he will. <laughs> he's that old school kind of like mentality, but a new school player. Yeah. With that gadget. You're going to kill. But he's so much more than a gadget. You think of a gadget player like a special teams returner comes in for a nah. jet sweep. Where that's not Debo. No. Nah. He's, he's, he's a, more of a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I... I Put maybe Taysom Hill on more of a gadget. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I would agree. But I, I but agree. I would say Debo. I like that. I literally actually thought of that earlier today, and I was like, no, nah, not Swiss Army. I was trying to think of something cool or like something to tie into him, but I had no idea. I mean, Debo but even had a pass in this game. Yeah, I know. I think he he didn't complete it, but but, but still, I mean. <laughs> but still, yeah. And then, and then you got teams, you know, keying in on Debo and McCaffrey and Kittle, and then you got a guy like Brandon Ayuk who just sneaks in there and runs some nasty routes. That touchdown. He's so low key. That touchdown, beautiful route. Great route. But that ball that placement throw. by oh, Purdy, it was yeah. in between. Now, I mean, he wasn't quadruple team by any means, but it was in between four defenders. It was just a beautiful, perfect through the, the, the picturesque throw and route, just beating that zone to a T. Um, but yeah, I mean, good fun game to watch. You know, my pops is a 49ers fan, so I was able to catch that game with him on Black Friday. So that was that was pretty cool. But uh, it's as expected, man. Smeltzy and I both took the 49ers in this game, and it wasn't even a game. Literally the only, like, highlight for Seattle was D. Eskridge's uh, 66-yard punt return. You know, he didn't go for a tud, but it was a hell of a return. He's fast as hell, but, like, that's probably the most excitement they got all day. It was, man. Like, that was just—I I just want to know what's up with Geno. Winning comeback player of the year last year, throwing for over 4,000 yards, and then this year he's just a shell of that player. Is it another year of father time getting to him? I don't know, but I, it sucks because I'm, I'm a big Geno guy. I like seeing the resurgence in his career. I thought Seattle was 100%. a great fit for him with that Pete Carroll mm-hmm. system and everything, and it's just—it kind of sucks because I thought the Seahawks were a dark horse contender who, in the NFC this year. Who did they play last week? Seattle, do you remember? Off the top of your head? I, I can't don't, remember, but, but I can look it up real but, uh, quick. But, you know, like, of course they're going to run into the force that is the 49ers right now, you know? So no matter who you are, you're just not going to look good. They <laughs> played play and lost to the Rams last week, and they looked pitiful, just no, terrible. Oh, that's in right. That game. Ha- horrible in that game, too. And then beat Washington before that and got absolutely killed by the Ravens before that. So uh, they yeah, beat all the teams know. they're supposed to. Yeah. But they're right. not going to beat anybody top tier. Right. Yep. Well, let's move on, Smeltzy. We have the game of the week. It might even, it's one of the games of the year so far in terms of the game itself. We had the Philadelphia Eagles host the Buffalo Bills. Eagles went into this game as a three point favorite. The odds makers got that one right, as the Eagles did squeak this one out 37 34. So it was a push on the odd, the spread there. But what a game it was, Smelty. Jalen Hurts. Two words, all you got to fucking say. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he he showed you again. I mean, both quarterbacks showed you a little bit, but Hurts again showing you he's a threat on the ground. Um, that walk-off, Tutty, what do you, I mean, that you can't write it better than that for Hurts right now. No, you really can't. I mean, it's, he is a very, very, very fun player to watch, and it's going to be a very fun player to watch and grow in this league. 
as the years go on here. This Philadelphia team, I don't think offensive-wise, is really going to get any worse. You know, once Kelsey and Johnson do hang him up, obviously those are two perennial all-pro, pro-bro players. That'll hurt them, and they're going to miss them. But, man, the, the crazy thing is, Smelty, the Eagles sit here at 10-1 and one on the year. I don't think they've played a solid, full, fundamentally sound game of football this year. They, they still have so much <laughs> where they can improve, which is so scary. That's scary as hell. No, it is for sure. And the thing about Jalen is just like, you can game plan for that guy all you want. You know, we were talking about how you game plan for Dobbs and how that's changed. You can game plan for Jalen Hurts all you want. It's still not going to be enough because he can, similar to Mahomes-esque, right? He can still go make a play, whatever. You know, he's going to alter that game himself if he has to. He's never going to give up, and the poise that he shows at his age is incredible. He's never bothered by anything. Even if you look at when the Eagles hit the field goal to push it to overtime, they fanned him on the bench, and he's sitting there, like, shaking his head, just thinking, like, how the hell did it come to this? Right. You know? No, it's 100%. Just, he, the, the guy, like, the poise of Jalen Hurts is what's impressive to me the most. He's a natural-born leader. He has that dog mentality, as Nick Sirianni loves. And I mean, just an impressive game. And you can't take anything away from the Bills. Putting up 34 points is going to win 90% of the games in the NFL. You know, it's Josh Allen played good, not great. 51 pass attempts is way too much, especially when the Buffalo rushing attack, they ran for 173 yards. So what, I mean, so let's talk on about 40 carries. Let's talk like, about Josh Allen, though. Like, why, why, what is going on with, we talk about almost every week or every other week, like what's going on with Geno, which is relevant, but... Josh Allen's kind of flying under the radar, too, as more of like a what the hell's going on with Josh Allen because he's like hit or miss some weeks, too, right now. Like, Kirk Cousins was probably on track to have a better season than Josh Allen. Oh, I mean, Kirk Cousins was going to have a top three quarterback season this year in the league. He, he was playing the best ball of his career. But I agree, man. Josh Allen, like, you think Geno looks like a shell of himself. Josh Allen can't control, can't take care of the damn ball. And he's he lost missing another overtime game. He's 0 for 8 in overtime. Like they, they, he was one of the driving forces of why they changed the over him overtime rules, and he's zero three since they changed the rules. So like, I don't know, man. Like, like he made it happen on the ground, but we we know that we know he's capable of that. He came up with a couple tuds in crucial times, but why? I I just don't understand what's going on. He he's like, it's just not enough. It's just not enough to win games anymore. It's not, and I, I think the biggest reason is. Losing Trey White and Matt Milano on your defense, those are the two like cornerstone pieces of your defense, leaders of that defense. I think losing those two kind of hurt the team's morale as a whole, and it's just not something that, that, that they've been shown to be able to get over. You look at the Bills, they're 10th in the AFC right now. You couldn't pay me going into the year to say that the Bills will be 10th in the AFC going into Week 13. No, <laughs> no doubt, but this is my problem. Because I was just curious, looking at the stats again, I was like, okay, something's weird here. And and looking at the possession time, Buffalo had the ball for 40 minutes compared to Philly's 26. Dude, you got to capitalize on your opportunity. And they were. And Well, they missed two field goals. They missed the two field goals so they and missed that killed two me field in that, that could be the difference right there. Tyler now, fucking Bass, man. Tyler, I know. Trust me, I have killed Tyler me Bass, in fantasy. Too. Now, what I will say about Buffalo that I liked is, you know, each week that passes, you're kind of seeing a little bit more out of James Cook a little bit. He's starting to what get more of that flash, you know, every week. You know, we know probably what he's capable of, but he's starting to show it more. Yeah, I mean, you look at the yards between the two. The, the, the Buffalo had 505 total yards as a team to, Eagle, to the Eagles' 378. 
You don't lose that game. No. No. But they did. They did. So what's next for the Buffalo, man? Sitting at 10th in the AFC, you know, they, they could still make a run. They could still make a playoff push as a wild card. I don't think they're going to win the division with Miami playing like they are. Here's, here's Buffalo's next three. At Kansas City. Uh, Cowboys at home. And then at LA Chargers. You got to beat the Chargers. The Chargers are just fucking terrible. But... Dallas and you have That's to go tough. to you have to win two of those three games to be in contention. You have to. Mm-hmm. And they still have to play Miami again this year. Yep, they still got Miami. Yeah, Miami as well in Miami. That they got a long road ahead of them, man. And dude, I think we're looking at a possibility that the Bills could miss the playoffs. I think so. I mean, yeah, you're right. They got Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins after the bye week this week. Bye week couldn't come at a better time to regroup, kind of re re kind of get your mental right. And, you know, that that five games, I, I really only see them. I'm confident they'll win two of those five games. Yeah, the Chargers and, and New England. Which would bring them to eight and nine, and that's not making the playoff. No. That is crazy, <laughs> man. I don't know, dude. We could, we could be staring at the Bills not making the playoffs. And if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I I don't know. That's wild. I, I wouldn't believe that shit for a second. That's wild. All righty, well, let's move on, Smelty. We have... What ended up being a pretty damn good game as well. AFC South showdown with the Jaguars going down to Houston, taking the Texans, taking on the Texans. Going into the game, the Jaguars were indeed a one-and-a-half-point favorite, did cover that spread and won 24-21. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately a pretty good game for the Jaguars uh, in Houston. Um, Shout-out to the Texans, those all-red jerseys with the chrome-red helmets. Oh, them bitches is clean, Ooh. boy. Yeah, I was like, wow, that looks nice. I mean, again, um, I don't even know who to talk about first because, like you said, this was a great game. Trevor Lawrence looked great. He looked great. Even got himself a rushing touchdown. He finally, and it was in the second half that he really started looking better for me. Him and Ridley finally started getting a real good connection in that second half. And Ridley's another guy that runs great routes, fast feet. Um, I don't know. Um, big field goal. Go up 10 to start the fourth. I mean, they, they, they just they controlled the game. The Jaguars did, I feel like. They did, and this was uh, the game that you could hope for. Who would have thought the Texans would be sitting at 6-5 and five after this loss on the year? And it, it, they, they make the playoffs if the season ended right now. So I I certainly – I'm sorry. They're one game out of the playoffs right now, tied with the Colts, so it goes to the division record. But it's uh, it's been it was a really fun game to watch. C.J. Stroud, man. This cat is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. He's already second in the league in passing right now, only behind – who would have thought? Sam Howell. But not only <laughs> C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell. Tank Dell, dude. Some huge catches in crucial moments. C.J. Stroud's a runaway for Offensive Player Rookie of the Year this year. But you have to put Tank Dell in that conversation. I mean, yeah. between him yeah. and Puka Nakua. Puka, I, Puka, yeah, Puka's been nasty. It's been... The crazy thing is, is C.J. Stroud went out and advised or, like, recommended the Texans draft Tank Dell because he watched highlight videos of him and liked the way he run routes. Really? And they listened to him. I did if not know If only the that. Packers would have listened to Aaron fucking Rodgers one of his, what, 19 years. <laughs> one of... Right. But, but not no, only, CJ's... His ability to... Kind of like Rodgers, Rodgers-esque, actually. His ability to extend the play just by running around in circles, dude. The dude left the pocket. I watched this play. He's just literally running around in circles. Defenders dive in all over the place. They looked like idiots. And, then, really he, and then he throws a strike, you know? And he can make any throw on the field. He has a very, very strong arm. I think the biggest thing that hurt Houston in this game is their, their inability to run the ball. 
CJ Stroud with six carries for 47 yards, he can't be your leading rusher. No, you need to see more out of Singletary and Pierce for sure. Especially with Pierce, this is his first game coming back after a couple games missed. I thought they would have incorporated him a little bit more, but he only ran the ball 18 times on the day. Shit, Tank Dell had one rush and almost outrushed both of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. But the other other piece of this Houston offense that, that I'm a huge fan of is Nico Collins. Big bodied receiver goes up, makes those contested catches. You know, not an elite route runner, but he's the only second or third year in the league. You know, he'll develop that, and he shows he he doesn't have that top end speed where he's going to take the take the the top off the defense. But he's big enough where he's going to go up and win those one on ones and like give you a lot better you chance can, at it. You yeah, you can you can trust him. Like you know what, it's one on one. I'm throwing it up to him. We'll see. Exactly. He, like, he has he the ability to climb up and get it. He does. He does. But the story of the game, in my opinion, in this one was, like you said, Trevor Lawrence, man. What a what a fun AFC South we have for years to come. Which is weird. When you look at Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. And whoever who the hell the Titans, Titans yeah, do I mean, with their life. Will, Will, Levis, <laughs> Will Levis has shown <laughs> he, he flashes. He horrible. Yeah. Shown flashes, but I'm excited. Then who would have thought going into this year the AFC South would be a division to watch? Yeah, no. I mean, right now, any division game for AFC South, again, Titans going to be what they may. But any division game in the NFL is a little bit extra in that game. Um, but yeah, any AFC South division game right now is, is lit, question mark, which is just weird to say that shit. It Gr- is. Growing up, you know, uh, the AFC South we know growing up w- wasn't shit. No, it was dominated really. by Peyton and the Colts. <laughs> just dominated. It wasn't even a division. Uh, but, I mean, you look at right now, you got... Um, Jacksonville at the third best in the conference. Then you have the Colts at seven, Texans at eight. So you got three teams in the top eight with two of them being playoffs. And let's be honest, you got the Browns ahead of the, the Texans right now. What's getting the Texans and Colts? But I don't think the Browns are going to win very many more games this year, personally. No, no. And could we see three teams from the AFC South make the playoffs, Melty? Let's do it. Why not? I'm here That'd for it, fun. man. I'm here for it. The one thing I would like to see Jacksonville get the get going better is the run game. Travis Etienne has a lot of talent, a lot of ability, and 20 carries for 56 yards. They definitely gave him the opportunities, but he only averaged 2.8 yards per carry. And I mean, 20 yards of that came on one run. No, for sure. And you're hit. You're hitting it right on the head there. I think they need a little bit more of a push up front for Jacksonville. They do, um, and losing Cam Robinson certainly does not help. No, no. Well, then that's just it, right? Um, but I think Jacksonville is losing the games they have lost this year. I think they've lost them up front, straight up. I would agree. It, the games won in the trenches more or less than the in the modern day NFL, kind of back to the OG NFL. You look at how the teams are built right now with the Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys. The only team that's not really built around the trenches that's like a, a perennial playoff contender is the Chiefs. Yeah, true, true, yeah. And it's not like they got scrubs. They got Kareem, or sorry, Creed Humphreys, one of the youngest bright stars on offense, and then Chris Jones on the defensive side of the ball. So the centerpieces are there on both sides. But I really, really wish the Texans would have made that field goal with 232 left. And hit the crossbar. Oh, it looked so good. I thought for sure it was going. (laughs) I was like, damn. I really wanted to see this game continue. It was such a fun game to watch. And and I think CJ Shaw deserved it. He did. No, he did. He did. You know, I just want to point out to another big game for Josh Allen of the Jaguars. Um, got himself two sacks in big moment, big moments. Maybe even got him another half sack, actually. I can't remember if he ended up splitting that one. He did, yeah, two and a half then. And then 
Um, I don't know. Pretty good game for him as well. Force on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, no, you're right. CJ definitely earned the chance just to see what would happen. CJ versus Trevor OT. Who doesn't want to see this year? Who doesn't want to see that? That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, man. The, the, it's not the Josh Allen we thought we'd be talking about. It's funny, too. Because it's the one that always goes under the radar because of other Josh Allen. Yeah, so he actually he, he prefers to be called Joshua now. He, he, like, Joshua he changed Allen? the way he wants to pronounce it Joshua really? now to just prevent confusion. My only guess at it. Right. Um, but let's look at the Texans for the rest of the year. They have a cakewalk of a schedule. The only game that I think they have that's left that... Go through it real quick. Can, there's only five gonna, left, right? Uh, six. Six? Because they don't have a bye week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's the Broncos next week is going to be pretty That's good gonna game. That's going to be a good game. And then we have Jets, Titans, win, Browns, win, Titans, win, Colts. Win, win that potentially Colts, win. That, that Colts Week 17 game I think is going to be a lot of playoff implications if the both teams look continue the success Dude, they're having. We could see the Texans. But I, I, I could see the Texans going wor- bare worst 4-2 and two in that remaining schedule, and that puts them at 10-7. and seven. I think that's enough to squeak into the wild card spot in the Is AFC. that enough to beat out Jacksonville for the division? Does Jacksonville win their next six? Let me take a look at what they have left. I'm curious. I'm curious because I don't so think it Jacksonville is. Jacksonville has Bengals. Win, potentially. Browns, win, potentially. Ravens. No. Buccaneers. Yes. Panthers. Yes. Titans. Yes. I mean, that's a pretty cakewalk. It's going to be that AFC North games that are going to determine the rest of Jacksonville's season yeah because i think those two games games those two games should be it for them the last two but those those afc north matchups right there yeah that's that'll that'll determine if jacksonville wins the division or not well enough about week 12 smelty let's get into the news with the nfl with 10 talk brother let's start with the browns they got the injury bug on sunday miles garrett dorian thompson robinson and amari cooper all had injuries. Now, Miles Garrett played through his, but he had, uh, after the game, he had his left arm in a sling and said he felt something pop in his shoulder. He did indeed get an MRI and it came back negative, which is good. So there's no structural damage. He does not expect it to miss any time and play through his soreness. But if he misses any time, that's a pretty big impact on the defense. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you need Miles Garrett to even have a shot right now, to be honest with you. I mean, if you're the Browns, for sure. You do. He's a top three defensive player in the league. So big loss potentially there. And then you you have mentioned DTR too, with his uh, head injury. Uh, do we know if he's playing this week? I'd imagine probably not. He's in concussion protocol. You know, he's they're going which, through which the is steps. like day to day, right? They just check you out every single day. Yeah, there's certain requirements you have to meet to get out of concussion protocol. So right now it's kind of up in the air. You know, I, I would fully expect PJ Walker to start that game. Well, that's right, PJ. I was gonna say who's their who's their other guy, but yeah, PJ. That's right. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they also signed Joe Flacco. It was either them or the Bengals? No, I feel like it was the Browns was to the their Browns. practice squad. Yeah. Did they sign him to the active roster yet? I don't know if they signed him to the active roster, but I know he was on the practice squad. Yeah, no, no. I think you're right. I think it is the Brown. And then another integral piece of that offense, Amari Cooper got hit in the ribs, left the game. X-rays came back as negative, so there's no, again, like serious damage. He's hoping it's not something that will sideline him, but at this point, everything's up in the air. Another guy that you need on that offense, especially to help out DTR. Amari's How about a, anybody who's throwing quarterback? Uh, no, no kidding. <laughs> PJ, DTR, don't matter. 
whatever letters you want to throw in there, you got to help him out. You do. You do. And he's he's kind of had a resurgence this year. He's looked good with very inconsistent quarterback play. Him and Deshaun were kind of trying to we're, – we're building their – Amari's not a bad receiver. He's no, really I think, not. I think he, he's always kind of gotten a bad rep, and I don't know why. That's what happens when you go play in Dallas. Yeah. He, well, actually, he had that but before he had a, Dallas. He had it because, for because of his Oakland. attitude in Vegas. I mean, Oakland. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, really where it stemmed. Yeah, but he's, he, I mean, he's a he's a star player. The guy has all the talent in the world. But enough with the Browns. Let's move down to the NFC South. Chris Olave left the game after another big hit there. He's in the concussion protocol as well, man. Yeah, same deal. Um, same deal as DTR. I mean, not much else to say about that other than the fact that obviously that New Orleans offense needs him. Oh, they do. They do. Their offense is kind of sputtering as it is. They have the defense to to go out and compete. But without Chris Olave, I mean, and Michael Thomas being out, you're putting a lot of trust in A.T. Perry's hands. That's all right. See what happens. We'll see. see what I happens. Mean, the NFC Who South. Who else do they have behind? Oh, they have, uh, is it Shahid? Rashid, no. Yeah, Shahid. Shahid? Yeah, is number it, 22. Is yeah, he's not him. bad. No, so. he, he's a good deep ball, but he only offers much for a deep threat. Sure, sure. Um, and you always got Alvin Kamara in the backfield as well, so that, that never hurts. You got to get him going then. <laughs> you do. You do. So then let's shift our focus to the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor had surgery on his thumb. He's not going to the IR. They're hoping that it's, uh, you know, he's only going to be out one to two, maybe three weeks. And um, that's a big loss for the Colts. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you know, NFL fans, Colts fans specifically, can be as disappointed as they want. Nobody is more disappointed than Jonathan Taylor. I guarantee you that. Now that they uh, didn't they re-sign him this year too, to uh, an extension, Jonathan Taylor. So like now he wants now he wants to get out there, man. So nobody's more disappointed than him. I guarantee it, especially in that AFC South and an outside chance to sneak into the playoffs at this point. Yeah, especially with with how productive Zach Moss has been. You know, you could make an argument where they that you could make an argument they have the best one-two punch. You know, it, it's hard to get rid of that Detroit combo right now. But I mean, outside they can make of, an argument. You can make an argument, man. Zach, I don't Moss think you're gonna win some, the argument. No, no. But, but you can make that argument. Zach Moss was putting up numbers when he was the the lead back when Taylor was out. So yeah, at no, least he was you have good. that. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to kind of fall back to, but you, you need Jonathan Taylor to, but I mean, their saving grace is their schedule is not very complex. It's not very difficult going up forward. So then we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Lane Johnson was a surprising scratch from last week's game against the Bills with a groin injury. It stems from the issue he had last year. He's considered day to day right now. He is hoping to play this week against San Fran. They sure as shit need him against San Francisco. And I get the the practice, how much of a participant he is in practice this week is really going to tell the story. But at the same time, he was a full participant participant every day last week. Yeah, and I mean, he straight up is, is saying too, like he, he expects to be ready to play. But I feel like every player wants to say that, to be honest with you. So it's really going to be up to the combination of him and I'd imagine the medical and coaching staff at that point to figure that out. But he he says he expects to play. Yeah, I don't. I mean, in that regard, I doubt any player takes themselves or holds out of a game. It's usually the medical staff that's going to prevent them from right. rolling in. Right. You got to be kind of a goon to go play in the NFL anyway. So like, yeah, you got some, oh, I'm ready to go. I'll go play and hit somebody. Right. So yeah, somebody's going to tell you, no, you're not playing. Today. Exactly. <laughs> your, your screws all can't be intact. When you're yeah, playing somebody's got to tell you that leads us to Cam Robinson. Big loss for that Jaguars offensive line. He's going to the knee uh, to the IR with a knee injury. He is expected to be back for the playoff run, barring any setbacks. But that's a big loss, man. No, no doubt. I mean, they really need him back for that playoff push, at least. 
they they were saying three to six weeks, but now IR obviously that's a minimum of four. So you know if they're looking pretty good, do you hold them until the playoffs start at that point, or do you try to work them into that last game of the season, maybe last two games of the season to get them? back into form as we say i think the last game for sure just get them back in game shape and kind of keep that form build that rhythm Mm -hmm. back in i don't like players coming back for a just for the playoffs i know yeah so especially if it's an extended absence you know a four to six week loft like there's no way you can completely 100 percent like keep your conditioning right to stay in game shape especially this late in the season but i mean with the trainers out there you know disposal i'm sure they can be damn close but there's no way they're going to be able to train 100% obviously with the injury. Well, that's that's the thing as well with a, with a knee injury, it's not like he can right. sit on a treadmill and condition. You know, you got a broken wrist, you can still have your conditioning up intact where you're fairly limited when you have a knee injury because you don't want to put any stress on it and, you know, your your conditioning does take a hit. Right, yeah, no doubt. That switches us over to the Philadelphia Eagles. We had Zach Cunningham go down with a hamstring injury. He had an MRI actually today, being recording this on a Tuesday. We're pending the results of that MRI, but he is not expected to miss a lot of time. They need him to miss zero time. They do. He's an integral part of that defense, man. I don't think he will miss zero time because hamstrings are are the real deal. I mean, you pull that or strain that at all, you're, I mean, you feel that for quite a while. You got to be 100%. Otherwise, you're just risking aggravating it again, and now you're just prolonging that recovery. No, exactly, man. I, I think in the way the Eagles are sitting right now, I think you give him all the rest that's needed, and you need him for a playoff run. Yeah, so that's a good that's a good point. I mean, they're sitting. What are they? Ten and one, right? They're sitting at ten and one. Might as well just sit on. Yeah, you and know, then, unless he's for sure a hundred percent good to go. And then that leads us to Zach Cunningham. I'm sorry, we he is Zach Cunningham. <laughs> that leads us to Shaq Leonard. Um, Shaq Leonard has there, there's some teams interested in him right now. Uh, the two biggest being the Cowboys and the Eagles with the Cunningham injury going down. I could very much see Leonard getting a visit with the Eagles. And I think if they do get a scheduled visit, he does not leave that facility without a contract. There's no way he does. Like you said, with the uncertainty of the Cunningham injury, who knows? He could be back next week. He could be back. He could go to IR for four weeks. To be honest, we, we don't know yet. Um, so if he gets a visit, I think you're right. If they know the outlook on Cunningham and if they can agree to the right dollar amount. I think at this point, I don't think it matters the status of Cunningham, whether they're going to sign him or not. Just because going into the playoffs, you want the depth at the position. That's a weak spot of their defense this week. And if he's your depth going into the playoffs, I'm feeling pretty solid. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. And I mean, from the money perspective, the the Colts are still paying him a good chunk of money. So. They're not going to, I think, you know, they're not going to throw eight, nine, ten million dollars at him. And I don't think they need to at this point. His I career, think he wants to play for a contender right now. That's exactly what I was going to say. Sorry, at the, at sorry. The, no, you're good. You're good. At this point in his career, it's, you know, he's made his money. He's a free agent at the end of the year. So he's going to be able to sign with anybody next year. Why not ring chase? It's time to win a ship. And if, and if the two teams that are looking at you are the Cowboys and Eagles, two the Eagles for sure are a contender, and I mean, I'd even float the idea that the Cowboys are a legit contender. Whether or not playoff Dak shows up or who who decides to play, that's up to them. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of those two teams. I think he does sign though. There's no way he doesn't play somewhere the rest of the season. No, I agree. I agree, and I think it's one of those two teams. Your boy. Justin Jefferson activated off IR is expected to come back after the bye week this week and play against the Las Vegas Raiders after this game against the Bears boy do you guys need him 
Well, and the thing is, is not only is he an elite receiver himself, but he's going to draw the best DB on the field, and he's going to draw potentially double coverage, which then opens it up for TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison. You know, it just opens it up for those guys. It also opens up, it helps in the run game. You know, because oh, you no can't doubt. just stack the box. Not that you would stack the box against the Vikings, but or you have know, to it, right now. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's not AP back there. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's you know he draws that extra look. So even a play action, you know, there's so you much can't you take can a play off with him. You can't. You can't. You can't. I, although I feel like defenses can take plays off sometimes with low key TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne. Like Jordan Addison, I think we're realizing, hey, that dude, that dude will make you miss. So. You can't you can't take a play off with him, but I think teams do take some plays off with TJ and KJ. So if they're shut down, and your only guy you're looking at is Addison, well, you, you just got not enough targets. So Jefferson coming back would be would be huge for that offense. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I agree 100. percent He he's one of the best players in the NFL, uh, top two. I mean, the best receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. I I think it's, it's close, damn close with Ty Hill, but I think it's close. He might edge out Ty Hill, and I I do. Tyreek's nasty, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would agree. I would agree. Well, that leads us to our last segment here in 10 Talk. We have our Rodgers watch. Rumor has it, Smeltzy, he is targeting a Christmas Eve return. Now, that is obviously barring any setbacks with the Achilles recovery. And the Jets do have to be in playoff contention. You know what else is rumored about that? What's that? That he's a big fat liar. I don't believe it. But uh, allegedly, it might have not have been an Achilles just because people are saying it just because he could potentially return Christmas Eve. He's not saying he will. He's saying there's a, the potential of it. And like you said, the Jets would still have to be in playoff contention for him to do that. Uh, but is he lying? Yours, buddy. I don't think so. That's a crock of shit, dude. You're not going <laughs> to. The, the thing is, is you have an NFL player especially someone of Rodgers' caliber, that motherfucker wants to win another Super Bowl so bad. That's why he left Green Bay and was able to build a team around him. I just don't think he's going to fake an injury. The funny thing is, is how funny would it be? Because he would have to play, I think, at 75% of the snaps this year for the Packers to get a first-round pick from the Jets. Anything less than 75%, it's a second-rounder. How funny would it be that he just didn't play that 75% simply so the Packers got screwed over of a first-rounder? Do you think he would do that at this no, point? No, no, no. Because, <laughs> again, again, he wants to win a Super Bowl. He had the, the Jets are a quarterback away from being a, a Super Bowl threat. They had no, the defense. No, and they went out and got the guy that they could have. I mean, not. The, a, he's the best quarterback they could have got. You're not trading for a Lamar, a Patrick Holmes, a Joe we were Burrow. We were talking about this in the summer, you know, in the offseason. Like, who, who could they go target? Who could they go get? And the Jets and Rodgers were thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And they made it happen. I think he is your guy to set you over that edge. I would agree. I would agree. And at the other time as well is like, if it wasn't Rodgers that's doing this, it's not talked about about this conspiracy. It's just because of it's Rodgers and of the, course not. the media just loves, in quotation, Rodgers as much as they actually truly hate him. So it's it's just people that want clicks. You put Rodgers' name out there, you're going to get the clicks. I, I think it's so stupid to even like, Consider that as even in a conversation. No, I, I just, I saw it somewhere and I was like, oh, I'm bringing that up. Genius. Well, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment, Smelty's Bonehead Move of the Week. What do you got for us this week, Smelty? Yeah, and it's actually, uh, 
it's not a player and it's not a former player even this week. It's uh we're talking about an owner. Panthers owner David Tepper, as you know, let go of his his coach this week, Frank Reich. That would make six coaches since 2018. <laughs> so the reason why he's kind of the bonehead move of the week here is, uh, you know, he, he always preaches like patience with the organization and he's got all this patience and whatnot. Well, that's your sixth coach since 2018. Three of them head coaches, three of them interim coaches, but that's your sixth coach overall since 2018. What I'm just curious what, and I got something else for him too, that kind of puts him in the bonehead because it's kind of sus and weird and whatever, but just that first part there, like what's your definition of patience? Because I don't, I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, as an owner, I'm sure you want results immediately, but in pro sports, it takes time to build something. Yeah. And I mean, preaching the patience, it's like, he says that, but he's also known for having a ridiculously short leash. He's the second richest owner in the NFL. So paying for all those coaches and their contracts don't matter because to him, because they don't count towards the salary cap. So we can afford to do that, but it's I, I don't know what his definition of patience is. That's what I mean. And there's and then there's no continuity in your organization. None. So how are you supposed to get any sort of rhythm, flow, momentum, whatever the hell you want to call it, even just in the front office, and then that stems down to the coaching staff, which stems down to the players. I'm, I, I I don't know. It just it really throws me for a loop when he preaches patience, and now he's let go of another coach. Granted, they're one in ten. Not doing shit. Yeah, but the thing but about how, it, what are you supposed to do? The thing about it, what do you ex- what did he expect out of the Panthers this year? You had the number one overall pick, granted, because you traded for it. So you were the the they had the ninth pick. You were the ninth worst team in the league last year. You didn't make a huge acquisitions. You signed Miles Sanders. You drafted Bryce Young. You brought in Adam Thielen, which is supposed to take them to the Super Bowl, probably. Adam Thielen. Looking ass, but at the end of the day, like, what did you honestly expect? Well, and so, and so, let's talk about taking Bryce at number one overall. He also made some kind of weird comments to me. So he said he's confident in the pick. He just said this in an interview like this past weekend. I'm pretty sure, and he's still referring to Bryce as a pick. But he said he's he was confident with the pick, and then he goes on to say how more or less he was confident. As more reporters keep asking questions, he goes on more or less to say, well, I was confident in my team or in my coaching staff's pick. He never, he never like said himself or anything like, and then he goes on to say that their original plan, because they didn't think they were going to get number one, their original plan was to trade up to number two and take CJ Stroud. And now saying that at this point in the season, after seeing what CJ's doing and what the Panthers are doing, I just feel like that's really weird timing to be bringing something like that up. And maybe people are just pestering and making stories, which is, no, so, is media are. in general. But like the way he if you go watch the interview, the way he kind of beats around the bush of that Bryce Young question and then says, like, I trust or I, I trust my team or my coaching staff with their pick or whatever. Just how he says it. It's just like it was a coaching staff weird. and the front office. He, he yeah. said like he, he trusted the pick. But why? You know what I mean? I don't though? know like how what he it is this year. Like, but they, like Ron Rivera's doing this, Frank Reich was doing this, and now David Tepper's doing this. You gotta stop saying what you think. <laughs> That's for us to do. <laughs> you have a, you have to have a filter when you're in such a high position. You are one of 31 people in the world, not 32, because the Packers are owned by the fans. 
but you are one of 31 people in the world. You aren't on the same pedestal as you as I is. I'm not going to say we're media, but pundits. I mean, that's even a stretch at this point. <laughs> hey, but, whatever, whatever. We'll take the, it. <laughs> at the end of the day, like, like we can say that. The media can say that. Yeah. You can't come out and say that shit. I know. How dude. much do you want to just like like Bryce Young's confidence can't be great right now. No. Let's make it worse. Right. No shit. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. The dude's already not having a hell of, you know, stellar year, but it's not the end of the world. Look at Trevor Lawrence. It's not the end of the world. You can still develop. But how are you supposed to develop if you you got a new coach every other year? And you have no talent. Or, there is no There's talent nothing around else him. There. There's Adam, nothing else Adam there. Thielen is still a good receiver in the NFL. But he's not going to—you He's not. You can't build around him. But he, he's not even like a 1A, 1B. He, I mean, it's a stretch to say he's a he's 2. Your, he's your slot Wes, Wes Welker type to get you a first down is what he is exactly. at this point in his career, which and is great. That, you need that. Especially you need in a young team. Guys. On a young team, you need that veteran presence in the wide receiver room, just in the and, offensive room. And he's the guy to do it. He is. But it's like, but th- well, Miles Sanders was the free agent signing. Right, right. But if you look at the Panthers, like like both sides of the ball, can you name a foundational piece on either side of the ball? Absolutely. Bryce Young. Bryce Young, I'm maybe. not going to say is a foundational piece yet. Yeah, I got to see you more. You drafted him to do that, so I would say at the moment, maybe for well, Bryce so Young. The, the, the Patriots also drafted Mac Young Jones to be that. Oh, that's a whole. But at the end of the day, the one player you could make that argument for is Brian Burns. He's a sure. stud, sure, absolute yeah. stud, mm-hmm. and you need that edge rusher in yep. the modern day NFL. Yeah. But you have one foundational piece on your team. Now let's switch over to the Texans. They don't oh. have any foundational pieces on their team outside of maybe C.J. Stroud. Who's and earned that to who's this point. Who's earned that, and they are excelling with what they're given. You look at the divisions, they're both not— I mean, the AFC South has turned into a good division, but going into the year, I would say you, they, 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 you can make an argument going into the year that they might be the two worst divisions in football. Yeah. Going into the year, no, that's yeah, changed yeah, yeah. with the AFC South and what they're doing, but what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I know. I know. So if you're Bryce now— Right, and you've seen that interview. I'd imagine you've, he's watched it by now. Maybe not. Who knows? I'd imagine he has to um, at least heard of it. What, 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 what? What's your mentality going into your next game? Then I mean, obviously, just do the best you can, right? But at this point, if you're on the Panthers, it's almost more about branding yourself. And I hate to like flaunt that or like try to like not flaunt it, um, encourage that type of mentality to to boost your own brand. But I don't know what else Bryce can do right now. I mean, if your owner's not really buying into you fully, he says he is kind of beating around the bush kind of way. But if what he's David not, Tepper says don't mean shit for what he actually thinks or does. You don't think so? Like, do you well, think they want to stick with like? He says he's patient. He says he has Bryce Young's like he's confident in the pick. But then he fires his coach. He has no patience, and he comes out and says that yeah, we probably should have drafted C.J. Stroud. He didn't or say we that were go- explicitly. We were going to draft C.J. Stroud, is what he said. If we got up to two or whatever, yeah, and they ended he, up getting one and took Bryce because they trusted all their analytics and blah blah blah. And he went into that whole tangent, but it's just such a weird thing to say to me, man. And you know the worst thing about it for the Panthers? They don't got their first round pick next year, and it's going to be number one. <laughs> Oh, the Panthers. <laughs> Are they the epitome of the NFL right now? Like what Detroit was like 15 years ago? Uh, it's too early to say that. I know. They're not that bad, right? Not They're you not They're it. not I going mean, 0-16 or now 0-17, but that's not the case. But I mean, at the end of the day, they did. The, like, they were the ninth worst team in the NFL last week. That's very in. That's middle of the pack. But they're, they, tri- they went the wrong way. They did go the wrong way. They did go the wrong way. 
but it's the, the team is so young and they have potential like milestone foundational pieces in like gj uh, cj stroud i can't remember the the tackle's name it's like um they drafted him in the first round last year the year before uh, it's like in uh, Infanu, Infanu or something like that. I know he, who you're, ta- I know who you're talking about. They don't really have like a potential receiving threat. Right. You know, well, like the Texans. No. The, oh, the, the Panthers, Panthers. The Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, they really don't. There's nobody else. Who the hell else is even there? <laughs> DJ Chark. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. So yeah, I mean, that's that's probably fine for uh, the bonehead of the week. But uh, yeah, David Tepper, man. Bonehead. To week 13, Smelty, we have five games on the slate. One of them not being your Vikings because they are on a bye week. Thank God. <laughs> Give you a little <laughs> bit more time to recover. Uh, well, let's start it off with the Packers. We have the Kansas City Chiefs traveling up to Lambeau, taking on the Packers on Sunday night football. Packers are a six and a half point underdog. And I honestly don't know how the hell to feel about this, Smelty. They, they've looked real good the last two weeks. Defenses look good. Jay Loves look good. But we haven't played the Chiefs. But this is the test right here. I am curious how they'll play. And they're at home at Lambeau, you said, yep, right? Yep. So, hey, them fans better bring it. They yeah, be- they, they certainly will. They, be- they better bring it because who knows? And Taylor and- Swift has confirmed earlier in the year she will be at this game. Why? Uh, because it's probably because it's like it was. I like mean, who doesn't and, want to go to Lambeau? But why? Her and Simone Biles, I think, were like oh, talking about or whatever because okay. Jonathan Owens on the Packers yep, is married yep, to yep, Simone Biles. Sure, so sure. I, I don't know. I mean, she came out and said that. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I want to go to a game. A, I want to go to a game. Do you at have Lambeau, to? You, you really should. Like, I, make, I do. Make it a point to see a Vikings Packers I've game at Lambeau. I've been in the locker room and I touched all the grass and shit. Like, see, I haven't even done that, but I've been to like five or six games. It was cool. Like, I, it's a very historic state. It was cool. Cool vibe. I don't want to go in on the Packers. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs on that game, though. I don't. I, I'm curious to see how the Packers' offense does does do. Um, but the Chiefs are just too much, man. They look good. They're they're one of the AFC favorites, rightfully so. Uh, and they could. We could see them in the big dance again this year for sure. I'm torn on this one, bro. I really am. Six and a half points is a lot. You know, it's a touchdown spread essentially. It's what scares me is is Steve Spagnola's ability to game plan and take out the best offensive, like not threat per se, but the the best thing your offense has going for you. Now, Aaron Jones is is kind of expected to come back and play this week, which would be huge, not only in the run game, but that check down ability. If he shows up, though, he's got to show up if he plays. Yeah, and and we got to give him the ball. Yeah. You know, so I I think the biggest, what, what this game really comes down to is three players, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Lucas Van Ness. They're the edge threats for the Packers containing Patrick Mahomes and not allowing him to get outside and do the Patrick Mahomes thing. I think controlling the edge and not allowing him to scramble and make those plays, in my opinion, is going to be one of two things. is going to be the deciding factor. The second factor is do we have the ability to slow down the Kansas City rushing attack? They're not great top tier by any means, but Pacheco runs hard. And he runs efficiently. Efficiently, and he's shifty as hell. So I think it, I think that that right there, I think that's key. If you can shut down their Kansas City's rushing attack and just kind of dial in on Mahomes a little bit, why not? Quay Walker, let's go. It's I think Quay Walker is the player to spotlight in this game because he's probably going to be tasked with like double covering, and then we're going to obviously have safety help. But you know, it's I don't know if it's going to be Devondre or if it's going to be Quay that's going to be lined up with Kelsey. 
but Kelsey's going to have, we're going to have to stop Kelsey to win this game. But saying that, I'm taking the Packers to cover the spread. I don't know if they're necessarily okay. going to win it, but six and a half points is just too much for me with the way that the Packers are playing right now. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. The Seattle Seahawks traveling down to Dallas. Cowboys are a nine-point favorite in this game, Smelty. I get it with the way Seattle looked last week, but nine points is just way too much. I got the Seahawks in this one covering that nine. I'm going Cowboys for 17. <laughs> I think the Cowboys are going to dog walk Seattle. Geno Smith is off bad right now. Um, and they're in Dallas. That place is going to be rocking. They love them boys down there, so... I, no way. I, I know nine's a lot, though. But I, it's I just, just a lot, it, It's a man. lot, dude. But I'm going to take that risk. I'm, I'm just Dallas. They're just too good. Yeah, I'm hoping that the Seahawks can can game plan something I'd, good offensively. And I, I, I hate the Cowboys, personally. So I'd love to see it. I'd fuck my pick. Like, I'd love to see Seattle beat them in their own house. But I don't I don't see it happening. And not even the not even not even the nine. I, I don't see it. Yeah, and saying that, I don't think the Seahawks are going to win this game, but I see this right. as a five to seven point game, and just nine's just too much for me. So I got the Seahawks in this one covering that spread. That leads us to the Broncos taking on the team we just spent a lot of time talking about, the Houston Texans. Texans are going into this game hosting the Broncos as a three and a half point favorite. So this is low key borderline game of the week. No, it's Al not even close. Almost. I know. Well, compared to what our game of the week is. <laughs> yes, I agree. Wasn't even in consideration. But like, but like this is going to be a good game. I'm two, excited for this game. I two, really am. Two somewhat hot teams. Yes, the Texans are coming off an L, but but they look they're, good. But they're looking good. I think this will be a really interesting matchup. I think they match up well. I think this one's going to be close. What do you got? So who's favorited again? Texans. Three Texans, and a half point and favorites. Half. Yeah, I, I gotta go Texans. I gotta go Texans. I'm going to disagree. I got the Broncos winning this game. I almost went Broncos. I, I, it's going to be a good game. I got Broncos money up. line. I, I would take the money line on this one. I don't need the three and a half points. Uh, now, for the sake of our segment, I'm going to take the three and a half points. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the Broncos look real good right now. You know, it's it's there's some inconsistencies. However, their, their defense is just top tier. It, it really is. That's the matchup for me. Um, their defense versus the Texans. Um, because Justin Simmons ran that defense when they played the Vikings, and he shut everything down. So, uh, we'll see. I think it'll be a great game. That takes us then to Lions-Saints down in the Superdome. Lions did not look good last week, nor did the Saints, really. So, um, that's tough, man. Lions are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know what to make of the Lions at this point. I would make an argument the Saints have a better defense than the Packers. Now, I think that's gotten a lot closer than what it once was, but I'm not confident in saying the Saints have a better offense than the Packers right now especially with Olave possibly being sidelined this is a tough one for me Smelty just because of how and even last week it's not like the Lions looked poor the three fumbles by Goff is what cost them the game at the end of the day and you know I, I don't know if Goff is going to continue that you know it's I don't see and I don't think so I think he'll clean it up but I think this one's going to be closer than we would have thought Another bucket list stadium to go to for sure. Um, another place that you do not want to play as a visiting team. I think Detroit wins, but man, I don't know if they'll fucking get that. I don't know if this matters, but I'm taking the Lions to cover that four and a half. I got this game as a 31-24. That's a good. That's a good. Get, that's a good uh, prediction. Yeah, I'll just go Lions to cover. I, I I just don't think the Saints have enough. Like you said, especially with Olave out. I mean, Alvin Kamara would really have to show up, and he's been. Another guy hit or miss any given week this week or yeah, this year. He really this has year. Been. 
the only game we've agreed on, sir. That, it's gonna be was a, it? Yeah, it's the only game we've agreed on so far. So it's gonna good. Be a That's fun interesting. One for the, yeah, so we I definitely like got to come with some standings next week. Yeah, yeah, and apologies, listeners. We did not do the homework and get that done this time. We but will. We will. It's just been it's been busy, man. Um, so that leads us to our actual game of the week. NFC Championship game rematch from last year. 49ers going to the city of the brotherly love, or more commonly known as the brotherly shove nowadays. Taking on the Eagles. The Eagles are actually an underdog. Three points in this game. 49ers favored by three. This, to me, is a pick em. I don't even like the three-point spread. I think this is a you know half point, one point odds here um and and i really don't know which way to go if this game was in 49 in san fran i'm taking the 49ers all day to cover that three points but playing in philly's real hard i want to say philly but i don't know if they cover they, they don't need to cover oh they're the ones favored by three? Oh, i thought it was no san they're fran underdog san fran's favored by, by three. three okay yeah no, so I philly think, wins think, you win i think philly wins i think at home is tough however if they're gonna lose a game this year right now this is the one that they'll lose I think this is your NFC pre NFC championship preview right here. Absolutely. I think it, it's going to be the two best. They're, they're, they're hands down the two best teams who, in the NFC. Who else can contend with them? Maybe Dallas on a good day. Dallas on, on a good, good day. day. Other than that, day. I don't see anybody else beating these nah, two teams. The Lions so. just don't have the defense. I think that, I think this is, is this, did this get flexed at all? Or is this going to be a noon game? Do you know? No, it's a three o'clock game. Three o'clock. Okay. Okay. It's too, so early, it's it's too early to flex yet. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So. No, I think that's gonna be a great game. Big test for that Eagles defense and Brock Purdy too. I I I don't know. All in all, a great game. I think the Eagles will pull it off, but I, that's gonna be fun. I think if you would have asked me this question four weeks ago, it's Eagles, no question. I think with that Chase Young addition, Chase Young and Nick Bosa on the outsides, I don't think don't Hurts is gonna be able to extend the play like he has. You're not gonna be able to stop the brotherly shove. I don't think that's possible. Numbers would agree with me there. But this 49ers defense is just, they're just too good right now with that addition of Chase Young. And even losing, what's his name again? Hafunga? Hafunga, yep. Uh, last week, they looked fine. Yeah, it didn't they got seem it, like they, they got missed a done. beat. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it's uh, that 49ers offense. I, I don't see Philly being able to stop Kittle, Debo, and McCaffrey. Well, that's just it, dude. There's so many weapons. That's what this is the true test for that defense. I know we literally say this shit every week. Well, we need them to see a true test. We blah blah blah. This is it. That three-headed monster right now. If you dare add Brock Purdy to that third head, but with McCaffrey and Debo and Purdy, look the out for Ayuk. Well, look Smitty. out for Kittle. That's the thing. I, I, you, they got weapons everywhere. You throw in Ayuk who's kind of gone under the radar, per se, and he's leading the, lead, the team in touchdowns. Because think about it. You're, you're keeping an eye on McCaffrey, probably number one. Close number two is Debo. Kittle's right. Th- I mean, dude, no wonder Brandon Ayuk flies under the radar. Oh, for sure. So saying that, I got the 49ers covering that three points. That's I, I don't like game. it. I, I don't gonna like it. It's going to be a great game. Oh I, I see God. this as a one-point spread or a pick em, just even at that. I don't like picking the Niners here, but I just think that that defense is just playing out of their freaking mind right now. And I just, I I don't know, man. Like I said, Tough the Eagles game. haven't put a full game together. I think they're going to need their best and a full game to win this game. If the Eagles played like they did against the Bills, the 49ers dog walk them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It's going to be a great game. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Hands down the game of the week. That's all for this podcast, guys. Week 13 is upon us. We're excited. As always, like, comment, subscribe. YouTube, Spotify is where you'll find us. I had a pleasure, Smelty. 
Cheers, everybody. As always. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.